Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Brian from Steel City Barbell in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What's up, Brian? How are you today? Hey, Bree. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. No problem. I'm glad to be here. Good. All right. Let's jump into the details here. How did we get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? <laughs> well, what made me want to own my own gym was my son. Uh, he was a very good uh, baseball player and, and he wanted to be better. I'm an ex-professional athlete myself. And so when I opened this, I decided that this was going to be our baby. This was going to be his legacy. And once he was done playing uh, professionally, I would give this to him and he can train kids out of here. And that's what I was, that's why I built it, honestly. But uh, then once we started training here, everybody saw his growth and how fast his fastball went from 83 to 95 and, and people wanted to come. And so I was reluctant at first to to have people in here but then I was just I opened the doors and it was just an influx of people and my culture that I have here and my coaches are excellent so that's, that's how so that's just, how yeah, I started this blossomed into something more unexpectedly basically mm -hmm. all right so now what does your business model look like how are you structuring things on a daily basis do you offer group classes, semi-privates, open memberships, one-on-ones, kind of lay that out for the listeners. So how I wanted to do it, so I have a CrossFit background. I'm a CrossFit coach and um, I'm a, a strength and conditioning coach and I'm a USAW uh, national coach. So what I tried to do is figure out what people really want. And some people don't want, they like class structure as in CrossFit, but they don't like that speed of it because what happens is they don't get enough attention so what I did was I said okay let's do coaching hours so we go from uh, six to eight in the morning is coaching hours we have a coach uh, a certified coach either a CrossFit coach or a USAW coach or uh, uh, a CSCS here um, that coaches from six to eight then we have open gym times again, from six in the morning to 10 at night, because we have a key fob system. So people can come in whenever they want, but the coaches will coach pretty much anybody that's in here. Even the open gym members, I, I I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. If I see somebody doing something wrong, I'm going to tell I'm going to fix it. Um, right. But we do from tw um, six to eight coaches hours, uh, 12 to two, and then four to eight at night. And why we did it that way is everyone uh, gets a program. There's a general program that you sign up for. Um, you can do that program or you can do a customized program for you. And it depends if it's a sport, you know, a, a football player is going to be doing something definitely different than a baseball player. Um, if you're 80 years old, you're not going to be doing either one of those. So I've really kind of separated myself and made myself a, a, a specialist 
in making programs for masters athletes and youth athletes and anywhere in between. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm 47. So I have a, a, a long time of lifting myself being one of the best Olympic lifters for my age group in, in the world. And I do it uh, and I love programming and I love seeing people experience their growth, their, their personal growth, as well as their physical growth and their mental growth. So that's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, what we do, we do uh, offer uh, personal training one-on-ones. Uh, we do offer an intro to barbell class. So if somebody doesn't know how to use a barbell, we, we do that for two months straight. Um, we do offer, you know, group, um, hit classes, um, twice a week for, for moms that are, you know, in, they drop their kid off. They come in at 9 a.m. They do a hit class from 9 to 10. I think actually it's going to three days a week because it's getting really big now. So it's 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 just offering things um, that other gyms don't and having a good culture. That's what I uh, always try to tell people that come in the door. It's about the culture. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. You want people to want to be there Yeah. and, and want to stick around yeah. as well. So now... I know you mentioned a little bit before um, before we got onto the podcast itself. You haven't really done any type of marketing. It's basically okay. just been all word of, word of mouth to this point. So, yeah. as far as future growth goes and potentially expanding into other facilities as well, is that something that you've thought about implementing just so that you're not the best kept secret in town? Uh, yes and no. Um, okay. I do. I do want to uh, advertise, but mm -hmm. I have found, you know, talking to other gym owners, right? I feel that they have wasted a ton of money in this or that or whatever, and mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I'm not at that point where I want to spend fifteen hundred dollars a month on somebody to take over advertising and sales when we're doing okay. If I can add three to five members a month, that 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 is anywhere between um, 500 and 800 extra revenue that we're bringing in a month. Mm -hmm. So if I look at it from a perspective of, do they are they going to do better than me? And if they are, they then no one guarantees anything. So they'll get them in the door but they'll offer some special they'll do. And I, I had one of my gym, very good friends, gym owner, uh, right down the road from here. Uh, she, she actually owns a CrossFit gym. She, she literally had a company $1,500 a month, do all of their Instagram posts and all of their, uh, their, their Facebook stuff and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest problem she had was she got two people in the door in six months, yeah. two people. And when they Google, when, when you Googled her name, it wasn't the first one on the list. You could have spent more money on Google AdWords and probably got better results. But that's what I think from a business ownership perspective is these owners are not, they're, they're, they're saying, why are we spending this money and we're not getting results? And I think a lot of business owners are failing because of that. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to go do the dirty work themselves. 
So for instance, like I grew up in sales. Uh, I was a headhunter rec recruiter for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, first thing I had to do was flip canvas, go out and knock on doors, right? And, you know, introduce myself and who I was and what I was. Now I have a little bit different story, a professional football player, and it's easier for me to kind of engage with people because they always want to talk to a sports figure or, 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 or uh, a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the norm, okay? It's, it's definitely harder for somebody that, that doesn't have that kind of background. Um, but what I, what, what I did was anytime I go someplace, I go, you know, do you work out? First thing I say is, do you work out? Where do you work out? It breaks the ice because now I look at somebody like I would say, Bree, you, you look like you work out. Where, where do you work out? I wanna, I'm interested. And you say, oh, I do kickboxing or whatever. Oh, really? I, so, well, you know what? I own a gym down in Swiss Vale. Why don't you just come down? I'll give you a free week and just try us out. See what you say. And then you come down and you're like, oh my God, I can incorporate a little bit of this in my kickboxing. So now what I do is I go, okay, why don't we do the weekend warrior membership that I have, which is $39 and they can come in every weekend and they can do a class every weekend. So now instead of trying to pull them from what they love, I'm adding value to their life. That's what that's what I would bring to the table for a lot of these uh, gym owners mm -hmm. uh, that are going, how do I get somebody from a boxing gym or a karate gym to, well, listen, have them come down here once during the week and once on a weekend and call it the warrior package and, and do it for $39. What's the, well, you know, they're not, you have a program for them. You use that same program across the board for anybody that comes out of karate, comes out of kickboxing, whatever. And it's just added revenue for, for that mm -hmm. person or for that gym and for that business owner. I mean, it's, it's, it's really important to get more people in the door. Right. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of times people have trouble actually getting in front of people, um, just letting people know that they are actually there. And a lot of times gym owners do kind of focus on the wrong things and the wrong avenues to actually get those people in the door. Of course, you want a return on investment. It does yep. not make sense for you to spend $1,500 a month if you're getting two people in the door. So if you are doing paid advertising, you need to make sure that you are getting a return on investment. Like for example, if you're on Facebook, like you should be getting three to one returns on your ad spend. If you're not, something needs to change there. And that's a whole, a whole system of, you know, yeah. learning that process, that's a skill. Yep. And it's a very important skill to be able to feed the business at any time because word of mouth is fantastic. Yep. At some point, it tends to dry up a little bit because oh, people yeah. only know so many people. And especially if you're in a position where you're super targeted as far as who it is that you're serving. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a lot of times people get caught up with these companies that say, oh, we'll get you 500 leads this month. And it's like, okay, great. But if there are 500 people who aren't interested in what I do, it doesn't matter. If there are 500 people that aren't actually yeah. coming in the doors, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people kind of get caught up in those programs and then they get a bad taste in their mouth as far as advertising goes and then they get into a situation where people aren't coming in the door but then they're afraid to take the steps to actually get people in the doors um so i always say you know one of the most important skills that you can learn especially right now in advertising in paid advertising is how to market how to advertise through facebook 
-hmm. That is where a lot of leads right now are coming from. TikTok is on the rise for sure as well, which is like a, a whole other conversation. Um, but if, if you can take the time to learn that skill yourself, you should know how to fish as the gym owner. You should know how to generate leads for the business at all times, no matter Absolutely. what, yep. and not have to rely on somebody else to do it for you. Yep. And that was one of the things that like when I started doing a lot more of our posts on, uh, I had one of my old coaches doing some of the posts on Instagram and Facebook and uh, we weren't getting the drive. And what I think happens is when you, you have to have different marketing um, campaigns. So, you know, you just can't have athletes all the time because then people think you're just a bunch of athletes. Right. Um, if you have, you know, video of 60, 70 year old people in here busting their butt and you have some really good content and video and, uh, you know, you, you have really good content about talking about, you know, when you get in your for osteoporosis or whatever, and uh, you get, you know, posterior chain and you start talking about how to get up out of a chair when you're, you know, in your 60s because they're, they're leaning forward and they're getting up instead of using their quads, you know these there's just certain things that you can market and how to how to market uh with them mm -hmm. Hold on, so she's gonna walk. hey no i'm sorry that's okay podcast. so um you know i just you know that's the, that's the key to mm -hmm. to when you're when you're developing this is trying to understand where you're where you're going to market who you're going to market to and not close off or shut doors to others and especially when you're in a strength and conditioning or fitness or um um, health area you want to be open to everyone because everyone can pick up a barbell everyone right. can and everyone can move so why not you know figure out your niche and right. and go after that niche yes yes so. absolutely uh so now what are the main focuses for you in the business for the new year for 2022 where are you directing most of your attention where are you looking to go what are the next steps well, for you? a couple a couple big ones are is i'm trying to get more involved with the um the elderly community in the because uh, i have some dead time in the gym between like nine and twelve i really want to get the um silver sneakers um in here and build that up because it'll just be extra revenue um, a lot of gym owners don't like it because it's it's not a crazy amount of money uh, per person but if you do do it right and you can get a steady stream of them um i can tell you that you know i have gym, friends of mine that are gym owners that this is where i got that from i didn't i just didn't make this up i i uh, got it from a couple of friends and they make anywhere between 800 and a thousand dollars a week just on that and they're doing two classes a day monday wednesday friday mm -hmm. so you know who doesn't want an extra four thousand dollars in revenue at the end of the month i mean and if a gym owner says no I'm going to, I would smack them because <laughs> that's just, that's just stupid, but you know, that's where um, we're going to, we're going to be in probably uh, two to three weeks once, once we get everything solidified. 
So, mm -hmm. and then um, the next thing I want to do is I want to do some more outreach to Big Brother, Big Sister. Um, you know, I grew up in a really not very affluent area. And so um, I see a lot of the um, African-American um, you know, and inner city kids that are here. Um, they need help. And, you know, I have the financial means to, to do that. So I'm going to start bringing them in two to three times a week, uh, doing after school specials for, for, for them and their, uh, their bigs, which they call them. Um, I'm going to train both their bigs and, and the kids. So, mm -hmm. and that's ranging from ages like 10 to 17 in that ballpark. Um, I'm also going to be trying to deal with the uh, retired players association here in Pittsburgh. I was, I was a member down in um, Charlotte and we got a lot of players, um, kids that were coming in from there and, you know, trying to train them for the next level for college or for the professional level. So that's where, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to that point. We're going to be doing more of combine prep uh, for the, um, uh, sorry, they, they're crazy. Uh, combine prep for the NFL um, draft. Um, that's important for me, you know, getting these kids prepared. Uh, I got about 20 kids that I, I'm training right now. So, um, you know, that's kind of where my focus is. Uh, I'm not so worried about people coming in the door because once they come in and once they see this place and it, it, they fall in love with it and mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of our coaches really have infectious personalities and we all, you know, we're open arms. You know, we, we talk to people like they're normal people. We don't, we don't, Hey, I'm the coach. I'm like, no, no, that's not the, that's not the way to do it. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do have to respect you, but, yes. you know, you, you, you need to realize that they need to realize that we're human too. We make mistakes. And mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a business owner, I would say that the biggest thing is you can, if you make a mistake, you, you make it right. And you say, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, right, Hey, right. I'll, I'll try to fix it. You know? Right. And yeah. uh, we had, we had somebody in here that uh, just left and um, he, he two of my old members left because, because of him. And I, I was very, um, you know, they, they told me that and I said, well, is there anything I can do? And they were like, no, we're, we're, we're leaving. And I said, okay, fine. And, you know, I, I try to give them a free month. I try to keep them on because, you know, they, they were good people, you know, and right. just, they didn't mesh, you know, my coaching them didn't mesh. So mm -hmm. it is what it is, man. But yeah, that can be tough for sure. Yeah. Um, so now one thing that I love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? Know exactly what you want mm -hmm. out of what you're going for. Because if you go into this blind and you're just like, hey, I want to open up a gym, you're going to fail. Yeah. You got to know going into it, your specialty and like me having the background I have as a professional athlete, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to train athletes. I wanted to train kids that wanted to get to the next level. But then I also kind of, you know, that's not everything that I wanted. 
But that was my focus in the beginning. And then once you get that focus, then you can kind of start branching off and branching off. That's your trunk. And then you go, oh, um, you want to offer a massage. You want to offer this. You want to offer that. And then, you know, nutrition. You you partner with a nutrition company or you get somebody that's a nutritionist to come in and do it Mm -hmm. in-house. You know, any little thing that can help you grow grow your business is just going to keep people in the door. Okay. Like supplements, you know, you you partner with a good supplement company and they bring it into you, you you resell it in your business. Yeah. You know, uh, if you, if you get the protein for $25 and in the retail store, it's 49, you sell it for 40 and you say, Hey, you're going to get, you know, a $10 discount from buying it from me, but you're still making some money. And that, mm-hmm. those are the types of things like th- those little dollars add up, like people don't know how to track them, like business owners don't know how to track them, but everything should be tracked. Everything should have a purpose in that business. And um, a lot of gym owners were never business owners. I owned the business right. before this. So yes. I, I run it like a business. So mm-hmm. if, if if I want to give a deal to some, you know, to a kid because, you know, his mom doesn't have the money. I can do that, but I, you know, I do it because I see potential in that kid. And if the kid respects what I do and he is appreciative of what I'm giving him, that's all I care about, you know, and there, there, there are people in here that, you know, I do give kind of like scholarships to, or, you know, uh, um, discounted rate because, you know, either I see who they are and I know that they can't afford what, what the normal package is. I will help them. Now, a lot of business, oh, you shouldn't do that. You want to know something? I would, some money is better than no money. Okay. In business. And if you're in this to just make money, you're not in this for the right reason, because what we do is building people people and we're we're literally trying to make them better individuals mm-hmm. physically and mentally and I, I think i told you this before like i i, I go by the 60 40 rule you know 60 percent is physical 40 percent is mental uh in this and you know all my people that i come in here you know I have to have them believing in themselves. If they're going to do a max p you know pr for you know back squat and they have a doubt that they're going to do it they're never going to do it So, you know, you, you really have to get mentally prepared and have that fortitude to keep pushing forward, um, getting up out of bed. you know, we talked about that. Some people just don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Why, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on in their personal life that they don't want to come to the gym. Oh, I'm tired. Well, everyone's tired. You know, I'm 47. I literally lift every day in my life twice a day. I'm tired too, but I still get up at 4 30 in the morning get to the gym by six and and train and coach and do all that but it's this is what my passion is this is what my life is and um, one of the other things is if they're going to do this any business owner just does this do it all in do not have a second job don't do like and i think the reason why a lot of crossfit gyms fail is because the owners are or any gym that has another the owner has another job that is his primary source of income it takes away from the business and so what happens is that business is second and you know when i come in this is all i do from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. and you know i'm always here i'm always helping people i'm always you know here to answer questions or one of my coaches is here to answer questions like so 
if this is this is what you want to do, go all in and don't give up because you're going to have times that it's going to be hard. I'm going to tell you, like I, I sit here one one month, I was like, what the hell did I do this month? I didn't make any money. Yeah, I worked yeah. five hours a week. But at the end of the day, I go, I wouldn't have changed it because this mm -hmm. is this is my life and this is what I love. And right. uh, I love helping people. So I guess. Exactly. That's where that passion piece comes in. And yep. if that's lacking from the beginning, then those months where, you know, things don't necessarily go 100% according to plan, that's where yep. it gets really tough. So yep. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Well, we can find us on social media where on Instagram is uh, Steel City Barbell Club um at steel city's barbell club or um www.steelcitybarbell.com is our uh web address all right so. perfect so brian from steel city barbell in pittsburgh pennsylvania thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been awesome having you on the show thanks Bree. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests from Anytime Fitness in Castle Rock, Colorado. Charlie and Chris, how's it going today? Good, man. Thank you for the opportunity. We're really excited to be on the podcast. You, you're very welcome. Excited to have the both of you on. Let's get into it. Let's talk, uh, you know, the meat of it. Tell me about your club there in Castle Rock, uh, what you're all about, what kind of services you're offering. We'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So here in Castle Rock, um, we'll probably get into it a little bit later, um, but new business owner here, been um, in the business for about three months now. Um, and so regular Anytime Fitness, they like to call it a micro gym here because it's super small. Um, currently, you know, we have our memberships, um, which, you know, it's, it's, pretty normal just to have that membership, a um, couple different options there. And the only other thing that we have currently is one-on-one -on -one personal training. Um, and so we're really trying to spike our numbers there in the personal training field and kind of start moving into some new things like small group training um, and some uh, a new thing that Anytime Fitness corporately just came out with is called uh, functional aging training. Um, and so that kind of targets the older demographic. And so that's something that we're looking into uh, but pretty bland, you know, uh, memberships and training for the most part right now. Well, th those are the bread and butter, I'd say, of most uh, Anytime Fitness and a lot of similar models. And uh, we don't have to get into naming names or anything like that. And a great foundation, right? Or, you know, sometimes we talk about a layer cake or a wedding cake model. You got to have you gotta have the base, right? You got to have those, those members coming in. Otherwise, you don't have an audience or a, 
a pool to offer any additional services or anything with. So I think it's, it's great to have that foundation in place. Um, you talked about wanting to get into the functional aging, scaling up personal training, um, some group training. And that's, uh, that's where Chris comes in right now, right? He's your number one man. He's Absolutely. the trainer on the floor. He's your, he's your eyes and ears. Yep. Um, you came on, did you guys know each other before you purchased the gym? No. Uh, well, interestingly, I, I had some friends in college that I guess Chris went to high school with. Um, so friends of friends, but no, I did not know Chris before taking over the gym. All right, cool. So, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast, you guys seem to have hit it off pretty well. You have a, you know, a solid dynamic there. What, did, what does that look like? And, and what does it mean for you guys on both sides? We got, you know, Chris, you were there before Charlie came in. So you sure. get a new owner, you never know what to expect. And then Charlie, you take over the place and you got this guy you don't know. How did that develop? You know, what concerns do you have and, and how has it worked out to be where we're all sitting here together today? Sure. So I think it was a good thing um, in the long run. I know that the gym had been a little bit stagnant for a, little, a while because the previous owner was trying to sell the gym. I know for at least a year before she actually did end up selling it to Charlie. Um, so I think that she was just kind of cruising and not really putting a whole lot of attention into the building. Um, but it's great to see some new people in here, you know, trying to make a change for the better. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, from, from being so young going into, in, into a business like this, where you already have employees that are going to stick around. Um, I really had to think about that in my head. You know, I was like, man, you know, it's completely possible that I just butt heads with all my employees yeah. And, you know, I'm going to have to let them go at some point. And, you know, that's never something that you want to go in thinking you want to you want to have a good relationship with your employees. Um, and so I kind of came into this whole thing thinking to myself, you know, I want to be a part of this. I want to be more of a team aspect rather than, hey, I'm your boss. You listen to what I say. Um, and so Chris has actually helped me so much specifically because, like you were saying, he's been here way longer than I have. Um, he knows the demographic. He knows the people coming into the gym. Um, he knows, you know, even the day-to-day -day operations, how to run membership sales and stuff like that. So he's actually been a super, super big help. Um, and I think we're just, you know, kind of running at a team as a team at this point, just trying to trying to grow in general. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, being a younger guy yourself, for our, our listeners aren't going to be able to see you. Um, how old are you, Charlie? Twenty-two. Awesome. I, that's, I think that's super badass. Um, give us, well, I want to get into some of the implications of that with business, but give me a little bit of background on you. You know, you had the potential to go to law school, uh, mm -hmm. went a completely different way, have a, another career totally outside of, of the gym industry. So give us a little quick background there. Yeah. So just quickly, um, I was a, a small town kid, grew up in Southern Colorado um, graduated with like 22 kids in my high school. So super, super small, um, made the trip to Alamosa, Colorado, uh, kind of my hometown college played basketball there for a year, ended up, um, blowing out my whole right knee, kind of ended my basketball career there, moved up North to Colorado Springs to continue my education, which is where we get into the law school part of things. Um, got my bachelor of arts in criminal justice, 
uh, right in the middle of COVID, which was great. Um, worked for a law firm for a little bit there. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. The only thing that I hated was I worked so dang much and I was always on the computer. Um, and so, you know, fitness has always been in my background. Like I was talking about, um, played basketball. I have been uh, competing as a bull rider in rodeo for, I think this is my fifth year now. Um, so, you know, I was the guy that was always in the gym every single day, um, regardless of what I was doing, like working for a law firm. And so once it got to the point where I was studying for the LSAT and getting to, uh, getting to really thinking about law school and continuing that I had to have a talk. Me and my mom sat down one day and was like, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be passionate at what I'm doing. I want to be able to take off time. I'm, you know, everybody wants to be able to take off time when they can. Um, but man, I, the biggest part for me is I love to see growth and that's not just individual personal growth, but it's also growth on a larger scale, like the gym here. So, um, personally, I feel like I'm super motivated, um, with each and every member, every client and the building itself. Um, so yeah, I mean, still in sports, I guess some people call it the, the craziest sport, um, on earth right now for bull riding. Um, but it's, you know, I've learned a lot through that sport and learned a lot through fitness that I just wanted to pursue that as my career. All right, cool. So we have the background. So here you are, you're 22 and in a lot of businesses, it's going to be, it's going to be really hard to feel like you're going to get taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Fitness is a business where you can get a little bit more leeway. Um, I don't think Chris is that much older than you. Um, he certainly isn't like uh, going to look down on you, like call you sunny or anything like that. So you have somebody who's, who's closer to a peer of yours that you can work with, that you can, you can build a team around. So was that something that factored into decision for you? I know there was another trainer in the mix at one point. Did you ever take any that into consideration at all? Like, is this the type of business where I can, I can be a little more credible, even though I'm young or are you, do you even care? Um, I think it blindsided me to be completely honest. Um, I've always, especially like I was, when I was working for a law firm, I was always the guy on the bottom of the totem pole, the youngin. Um, and so I think I handled that very well, but I never realized, Hey, now I'm the gym owner. Now I'm going to have to put my foot down at times. Now people aren't going to, you know, take me so seriously. Cause number one, I don't have all of the experience that a lot of these people do. Um, and so you know, just from dealing with other businesses and, and, and such like that, I have had points where I'm like, wow, they are kind of, you know, lowering me without even knowing who I am, what I'm dealing with. Um, but I think I've, I've adjusted to that really well to the point where it's like, you know, you can talk to me that way, but I, I, I am going to put my foot down at some point because I do have a business to run. Yeah. It's cool that you've embraced that and you realize like quickly that, you know, it's, it's great that society can say that something's accept, acceptable, but uh -huh. in my four walls, right, I've got something, I've got responsibility, you've yeah. got an investment, right, you got, you got an employee here and Chris that you have to look out for, like everything has to be what works for the business, what works for you guys, what works for the clients, and nobody can be left out of that triangle, or else, you know, it, it falls apart pretty quickly. Absolutely, I agree, I agree. All right. So you came in in December. Uh, you're fresh. The building, um, you know, as Chris said, like it was 
was kind of just stagnant for a little while, I think was the word that he used. So you've come in, like, what things have you done? What projects have you undertaken uh, since you've taken over? And what does that look like? Um, so for the most part, <laughs> we'll get into it a little deeper, but the, the, the first thing I wanted to do was rearrange the gym. Um, you know, we're right under 4,000 square feet, so we're really small. We have to utilize that space very well. Um, so we came in here and I think me and Chris, it took us like an hour and a half one day just to move one piece of equipment because it's so heavy and there was literally only two of us. Um, and so first of all, yeah, rearranging the gym, trying to utilize space just so I can picture in my head, Hey, we can get rid of this. We can put something in here. We can upgrade this, all of that. Um, moving forward with that a little bit, we are reformatting our office here um, right to my right and I know that the viewers can't see but I can't even see the front door at our um, at our location from our office and you know in order to get membership sales I got to see who's at the front door yeah and yeah, so yeah yeah so we're you we're guys are key card access right they can't even get in at all correct yeah. yep it's all it's all run on key fob um, so that's the first thing uh, you know trying to it's going to be demolishing this whole wall and redoing the whole thing which is not cheap by any means um, but it's a necessity you know we, we got to have that in order to um, you know answer the door um, a lot of the other things I, I've got a building list that I'm you know I'm trying to make a check mark off every six months or once every year depending on the pricing of everything um, the gym needs new flooring um, I know anytime fitness has, has kind of played around with the colors that they like to instill in their gyms. Um, and so I know we talked about it a little bit previously, but the gym is out of date, you know, and I, I'd venture to say eight to 10 years out of date. And so a lot of that is going to be, you know, trying to find what makes the most sense at that point in time. Um, you know, painting the walls, redoing the floors, getting new gym equipment, um, and we don't even have like a deadlift um, platform or anything like that. And so the thing in my head is like, oh my gosh, people are going to start dropping weights. I'm going to have to start buying more plates for these bars, get new bars, where in the long run, it makes so much more sense to make that big investment to lower out the, you know, buying more plates and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what to do in what order and what gives you the best return on investment. Exactly. Yep. Hit it right on the nail. Got it. Okay. So as far as where the gym stands operationally, we've got you, we've got Chris, um, we're offering your standard, you know, access membership that everyone's familiar with. Chris is doing some personal training, but there's, there are a few areas in there that you have your sights on growing the, the group training model, the functional aid aging model, those are both um, both things that you can do with your existing clients, but also things that it would be nice if you get more clients in the door. So you have room to grow on both sides from that, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So let's take it one at a time. Um, okay. As far as existing clients, um, are there are there any things that you're considering, anything that you're in the planning stages for as, as far as getting your existing clients to engage or show interest to, or to try to figure out which of those programs they might be interested in so you 
nowhere to put energy? Yes. Um, and me and Chris have talked about this a bunch. The demographic here is an older demographic. A lot of people trying to maintain that, um, that healthy habit rather than, you know, a lot of, a lot of other places, especially here in Denver and, and Castle Rock and Colorado Springs, you got a lot of people who are personal training to get as big as they possibly can. Um, and so, like yeah, like Chris, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I, the functional aging is, is kind of where I want to start because that targets the older demographic to where we can have four to six clients that we currently have in the gym as members. Um, and just, you know, it's more of leading them through what is the right thing to do um, rather than having, you know, some older, older gentleman or older lady come in here and sit on the the treadmill for 30 minutes, you know, there's a lot more that you can actually do for your body that people just don't really know about. Yeah. And I think I've gotten really good at streamlining the one-on-one -on -one training where I get, get someone's goals. All right. How are we going to get you from where you are currently to where you want to be with your health and fitness, you know, in three months or whatever the time frame may be. I've gotten really good at doing that. Um, I have little to no experience with group training at all. Um, so I have a lot to learn when it comes to group training and I'm willing to learn, um, but I just haven't really been there yet. Yeah, I think it's, e I shouldn't say easier, but I think people transition more smoothly from one-on-one from -on -one to group than the other way, okay. because you already are familiar with keying in and and taking cues and, and being very tuned in with people. And then it's just a matter of figuring out for you how much your attention you can scale. Sure. Like, all right, with two on one basically feels the same. I'm just not in someone's pocket as much with, with three on one. All right. It's a little less, but it's still really high quality. Maybe they all have close to the same dollar value to a client. There's ways you can go there. And then, all right, well, when we get to six on one, all right, they notice that it's, you know, that's a small group now, and then it may be issue. Then once you go like above 10, really at that point, it's going to be lower skill, lower attention movements, because coming from a personal training background, I'm sure you're very in tune with movement, quality, safety, things like that. So sometimes you've got to scale back the technicality and, and find intensity or find uh, volume, different things in different places. But I think there's a, um, that transition works a lot better going your way. So you have that in your favor for sure. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about how you run the training and we don't need to get into dollars or you know specific numbers here. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, models, different gyms do a different, um, when it comes to trainers, like, you know, paying just an hourly pay or a salary or, you know, you collecting the money and, and giving your trainers a split based on percentage. How do you run that right now? Um, yeah, it's hourly plus commission. Yeah, exactly what Chris said, hourly plus commission. Um, and Anytime Fitness, we have, um, it's called a Colorado owners meeting. Um, and so all the Colorado owners get together and I will say that has by far blown me out of the water with just being able to learn and, and listen to these other gym owners that have gone through, you know, maybe similar things, maybe completely different things, but they've all got something great for me to kind of blueprint out, you know, 
Yeah. Um, and so speaking about employees and, and how personal training works, the 1099 employee that we'll put quotations around um, is a really, really scary, scary thing for me, especially when you get into taxes and everything. Um, and so super blessed to be able to have, you know, Chris working here as an employee, doubling as a personal trainer, super, super beneficial. It truly takes away all the scary IRS questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, who's that guy? He's an employee. Don't worry about it. All right, good. Nobody ever asks questions when you have employees. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, and I know there's there's a million different reasons people do it, and some will swear by one or the other. Yeah. I'm not here to preach one or the other, but I do know that the explanation level, and I'm kind of deathly afraid of the IRS, uh -huh. um, is just like, yeah, that's just an employee. That's that's cool. Like, you just, you just run it. So, yep. so Chris right now being the only trainer, you get paid for whatever time you're there and then you're incentivized to talk to people on the floor, try to sell them training. And then you get a cut of that, whatever that percentage is, obviously it's something that you've agreed to and it and is, is fair there that, but you're basically getting clients by your own kind of work on the floor. And then if anybody comes to Charlie and says, Hey, I want training, he points them to you. Yeah, and then we'll get follow-ups from uh, online. I know Anytime gives us follow-ups from local sources, um, and I'll be shooting out, you know, emails all week. Um, so a lot of my clients will come from emails. Some will come from the floor. Um, we're trying to figure out how to do a little bit more community outreach. Um, to reach people that are potentially in the area that would be interested in training, but aren't necessarily around here, you know, so. Yeah, so that actually perfectly leads me to the next thing I wanted to ask when you talk about community outreach or just, you know, getting people who aren't necessarily in your ecosystem already, are you doing any type of advertising, marketing, events, or, and again, I know you've only been there a few months, so um, I don't say that to pressure you, but if not, do you have any things on the agenda or things that you want to get into? Yeah, absolutely, and I love that question. Um, specifically because when I first came in here, I was talking to members every day, like, hey, how did you find us? Did you know we were here? Um, and the number one answer that I got was, nobody knows that this gym is here in Castle Rock. Um, and so- That's not a great thing to hear. You know, and that's what I was thinking initially is absolutely like, man, that sucks. But the, the good thing is we do have a stable membership here. So um, in order to just get by, we're doing great. We're doing absolutely great. And the fact that nobody knows it's here and we're already at that baseline is it just opens up a whole new realm of possibilities for advertising. Um, so yeah, we've, we've instilled some advertising regarding, uh, postcards, you know, sending out postcards to thousands of different addresses here in Castle Rock, offering a free fitness consultation, offering a free first personal training session, um, having our address on there. Um, we did reach out to the community at a local bull riding competition, <laughs> um, which, you know, that was kind of yeah, yeah, I was actually entered in the rodeo. So uh, Chris was, you know, working, handing out flyers, handing out shirts, goodie bags, everything like that. While I was sitting there behind the scenes, just kind of watching because I had, you know, I was I was competing at that point. 
So it was kind of a double whammy, which absolutely stressful, but you know, nothing comes easy in this world. That's for sure. Um, nothing worth having anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're on the right steps to be able to get our, our gym known here in Castle Rock and even in, you know, Southern parts of Denver, Northern parts of, uh, Colorado Springs, little towns like Monument, Fountain and stuff like that. Um, and so I think it's, you know, I haven't seen any return on investment specifically because, you know, I am so, so new into this and these are things that we're just starting. Um, but I have high hopes for it. You know, we're doing what we can and we're just, we're waiting to see that, that uh, return come to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I like how you framed, um, Hey, it's good that if nobody knows we're here and we're doing this well, you just look at it as an opportunity. You're like, oh, that just means there's all these untapped people. Right. And as, soon as, as soon as we crack the code on letting them know that we're here, you know, if we got this many with nobody knowing we're here, like, you know, it, who knows? Maybe you you double the the capacity or the the membership, and then the gyms at capacity. You got people, you know, coming out of your ears, and and then it's time to look for another location or, you know, gym two or something like that. But it's one, one thing at a time, but just seeing it as an opportunity rather than a handicap is a, a great way to, to look over it. So um, there are a couple other things that come up a lot in our questions um, that I want to run by you, maybe, yeah. maybe get the wheels turning on you, or maybe there are things you already talked about um, in a facility, right? We just hit it you've got so much space you you know you've only got as much floor space as you have the nature of gym goers is never going to be an even space across your whole day so right in an in a perfect world you could fill the gym to absolute capacity and have a million members and that'd be great but at a certain point you hit a bottleneck mm -hmm. and if you want to add more revenue and add more value to clients you're going to look in other ways so Adding on the personal training, great. Adding on the functional aging, great. Um, group training. Eventually, you know, after Chris gets full, you you know, you'll get more trainers. Who knows? As you as you build up, maybe Chris becomes the training manager. There's the sky's the limit there. But yeah, um, another venue that that people are now going into because margins can be thin in fitness are you know adding on nutrition coaching, adding on supplement sales. Are those things that you think you'll dip your toes into at any point? It's it's funny you ask. I actually have a call scheduled. Um, well, not with him, but I am reaching out to him today. I personally am uh, an ambassador for Bucked Up Supplements. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, that would absolutely be something we're interested in. Not only being able to incorporate, um, you know, Bucked Up Advertising in that point, then we can kind of tap into that and get even more people in here. But yeah, supplement cells, pre-workouts, uh, BCAAs, proteins, um, you know, even stuff for the women we have like bucked up offers, collagen supplements, everything like that. Um, so that's something that we're definitely looking into uh, on the nutrition side of things. I mean, Chris right here has helped me enough with my nutrition on the side, um, you know, just talking here and there as buddies. Um, and I think once we get to that point where we can say, hey, you know, this is going to be something that we should start to focus on more when when we do have our our training sessions fully booked, when we do have a solid, um, you know, cadence of small group trainings happening. Um, that's absolutely something that we would love to look into. 
Heck yeah. I love it, man. And like I said from the beginning, when we started talking, you're just, you're just being a sponge at this point. You're like, Hey, I have the business. Now I need to find out all the information I can. I'm going to be open-minded to everything. And you know, you know, not everything is going to work, but you're going to try as many of the things as you can. And as yep. long as you keep that attitude and that approach of continual growth, continual learning, um, I don't think success is going to be a, a doubt there. I mean, you're no stranger to hard work. Obviously, you know, having a career as a as a bull rider is, you know, takes a certain level of dedication. You know, you know, any like you said, nothing worth having is is going to come easy. So right. Uh, exciting times. Excited to hear where things go for you. So my last question before we uh, run low on time here, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys both a, a chance to uh, to take a shot at this. Um, biggest lesson you've learned from your time in the fitness industry and then biggest goal going forward oh man chris you got you got yours thought up already <laughs> yeah i could start um so it's biggest goal moving forward and what else and biggest lesson you've learned biggest lesson i've learned um i don't know i'd have to say a really big lesson that i've learned personally is that Going into training, I was like, oh, I'm going to have all these people that are coming in and they're going to have the same goals as me and they're going to want to have 500 pound bench presses, whatever. I don't think I've had a single client that really cares about that a whole lot. So I think a big thing for me is assessing people's goals when they come in the door and uh, catering their training towards what is going to further them on their personal journey rather than trying to um, put my own insight into what they're doing, you know? So I think that was a big thing for me at first. Um, yeah, that's huge. You know, a lot of people have different goals, so. Yeah, yeah just meet, meeting people where they're at, to yeah. use the cliche. Yeah. What about big goals for you? Big goals, I don't know. I've always wanted to own my own gym. It's probably pretty far out for me. Um, but yeah, just getting more clients for now, learning as much as I possibly can about the whole training, this whole industry, cause I'm going to be in, in it for the rest of my life. Um, I love it. I've had a fantastic time working with Charlie. I had my doubts when he was coming in, obviously him being 22, <laughs> I'm 26, not that much older, but I was like, you know, this guy's going to come in barking orders, you know, this might not work out. Um, but it worked out fantastically. He's a great guy. He's not afraid to pick up the mop whenever, you know, the floors need to be mopped. Great work ethic. So um, it's been a really good, um, really good change of pace. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Charlie, you're on the spot. Okay. So I think when, when speaking about the, the biggest thing that I've learned, especially in these past three months, is that... Um, there is always something to do, um, which when we were thinking about purchasing the gym, it was a lot of the time I was sitting there and I was like, man, I am so bored. I feel lazy. I feel like I'm not, especially with COVID going on during that. Yeah, whole yeah. And so the biggest thing that I learned is, you know, if you're sitting down on your phone or you're sitting down for 20 minutes and you're not doing something, somebody else out there is going to be doing it. Um, and so when we're talking about success and we're talking about growth, the biggest thing personally that I've learned is 
put your phone down. Like you have things to do that will help you in the future. And it, it honestly makes you feel so much better once you accomplish those things, whether like Chris was saying, whether it's, you know, I have to go pick up the mop and mop the functional training area or something like that. There's always something to be done. Um, and I, I don't think that's how my mindset was initially. It was, you know, I'm going to go through my day-to-day -day things. Um, but being a business owner now that falls back on you. Um, that's a great realization that quickly. And, and I love that. I just wrote it down. I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, every time you're on your phone, every time you're not working, someone else is. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, you know, I got that quote from my high school basketball coach. Um, you know, he was way more of a coach in life than he was a coach in basketball, which is not demeaning to his basketball um, career because we were an amazing team in high school. Um, but it's true. Somebody is always going to be out there working harder than you. Um, and then the, the other question was goals, correct? Yes, sir. So goals. Um, yeah. So first goal initially is to get this place running as smoothly and, and as nice as we possibly can with the most updated gym equipment, et cetera. Um, once we get to that point, the goal there is to actually buy a plot of land, put our own gym on that plot of land, which completely negates the rent aspect. Of course, we're going to have to be paying mortgage, but your mortgage is never going to be higher than the rent is, especially here in Colorado. And you're paying um, yourself. And I'm paying myself. Exactly. So that's, that's well. Yeah. And so in, in all honesty, it's, it's going to be growth in this gym specifically. This is going to be the biggest step for me is to get this place transferred over into a place, double the size, less the rent, more revenue. And from there it's opening up supplement shops right next to these places. It's opening up more gyms, that are in my name. Um, when I think about it in my head, I want to take over a gym, take six months to a year to make it fantastic and move on to the next one and just keep doing that to where I'm at the point where when I have kids, when I have a wife, when I'm retired, I have this passive income coming in to where I don't really have to worry about that anymore. I can put my undivided attention into one gym for a year make it run flawlessly and do checkups at that point. That's a great plan, man. Yeah. I, uh, I look forward to, to checking in on you, seeing how those plans are going, Absolutely. watching the progress, seeing how you and, uh, you and Chris continue to kick ass there. Um, maybe uh, as you start to grow and expand, who knows, maybe you and Chris will be partners in one and you never know, sky's the limit. But, uh, Absolutely. We are about out of time for today. So I want to thank you guys one more time for spending a little bit of your day with us. It's been great having you and uh, hope to have you on again someday. Thank Thanks you. For us. Thanks for the opportunity. We appreciate it. You're welcome, guys. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, smash the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Wards podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is G, Dr. G Karan from Barbell Culture, coming to you from Cleveland. G, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this and excited to pick your brain because you have found yourself in the gym ownership role, of course, but your background is not necessarily in entrepreneurship. And so tell us a little bit about what got you to here. What made you want to open a gym and and how did you get to this point? Gotcha. Uh, Well, I guess I should start with my background. Uh, I'm a doctor of physical therapy by trade. Uh, That is still something that I do full time. Hmm. Uh, and I've always been fascinated by both physical therapy and powerlifting. I was competing in powerlifting for a while. I intend on getting back to that, uh, in a very near future. Uh, and you know, me and a bunch of guys kind of developed this really, uh, nice community, uh, of a bunch of people who really enjoyed powerlifting, who really enjoyed each other's company. And Honestly, we just got together and said, hey, what do you guys think about uh, starting a gym? And, you know, the financials were there for me to, to jump into something like that. And I, I just went headfirst into it. And now <laughs> I'll give that a go. Let's try it. <laughs> and so here you are. Barbell culture is, is the reason that we're doing this podcast in the first place. Tell us about what this is, right? You mentioned powerlifting. Is this specifically a powerlifting gym or is it bigger than that? I, I would consider it bigger than that, but powerlifting is what we cater to more than anything else. Uh, it, this all started with uh, a bunch of competitive powerlifters who were friends and uh, it built from there. We, we do cater to the general population. Uh, okay. I think it's important that no gym kind of puts themselves in this very specific niche uh, and uh, pigeonholes themselves into that. Sure. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we're catering to power lifters. Uh, gotcha. X monoliths, uh, all that sort of things uh, to, to make sure that all our power lifters uh, have what they need. Yeah. All the fun toys and, and tools. Gee, how do you guys deliver this? When we kind of talk about the fitness industry, there's so many different business models that one can subscribe to. There's, I mean, of course, there's the the giant Planet Fitnesses, Gold's Gyms of the world, 20, 30,000 square feet. There's small individual, one owner, personal training studios. 
where do you guys kind of fit within that puzzle? I think we're somewhere in the middle of that. Um, we're a 12,000 square foot facility and uh, we are, we're far away from Planet Fitness, far away from Ghost Gym, but we're also far away from uh, getting people into the group fitness classes only and really focusing on that. Um, we offer 24 hour service at our gym uh, mm -hmm. for people to buy their memberships, come in when they want to, work out when they want to. Uh, and we think like the membership uh, realm is kind of where we want to sit at. We're not really trying to sell you on contracts for this and group fitness classes for this. Uh, our main goal is to just, you know, give you your membership, let you do your thing. Uh, we keep things very, very low key. Heck, we, we even allow our, uh, our gym members to just come in and connect their phone to the Bluetooth speakers and do whatever they want. We, we keep things pretty like free flowing. Yep. Yeah. And so 12,000 square feet, if we're to put a label on it, sort of a open gym, people are paying their membership, coming and doing their own thing. Yeah. How many people do you serve within this type of model? Uh, right now we're at about a hundred members. Gotcha. Uh, we think with around 12,000 square feet that that could jump up uh, more than double. Uh, the goal is around 250 to 300 members. Sure. The really cool thing is that we do have more available space. Uh, an extra 10,000 square feet is available for when we need it. Uh, so the possibilities of growth at our gym is just it's endless at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, potential to grow that membership and potential to almost double the size of the space available. And so we really have a pretty good cushion with which we can work with. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about pricing for you guys obviously we mentioned the planet fitnesses the golds of the world probably on the lower spectrum of of cost and then on the opposite extra spend or the opposite end of the spectrum you, people could spend hundreds or thousands of dollars a month on fitness what's that sliding scale look like for you what is what do the majority of your customers pay so yeah, we're probably middle of the road when it comes to that as well. Uh, we have different types of memberships, uh, all spanning from $45 to $60. Uh, okay. And these are just paid per month. There's no contracts. We we, we know that it's, it's not the most business savvy thing in the world to avoid contracts. And, you know, cancellation, uh, uh, cancellations as difficult as possible has, has been a staple for a lot of gyms. Uh, for various financial reasons, but we're trying to avoid all of that. So it's, you know, between 45 and 60 bucks, no contracts, easy cancellation if you need it. Luckily, nobody really ever wants to cancel. Uh, yeah. But that's the this, way. We the, our industry gets really funny about contracts and it's usually either a really, really detailed contract with all kinds of different fees and cancellation policies or where you guys are, where it's, we want our product to prove our worth. If you want to be here, here's how it goes. If you don't want to be here, there's the door. Yeah. I think a lot more people are moving towards your style of, of membership than the other direction, at least. I agree. And I'm, I'm really happy about it because everybody, I'd assume that most people who are listening are people who are either owning gyms, going to gyms. They're very into like the fitness realm they've probably been in a situation where it's uh, some random big box gym has made it really difficult for them to cancel. Uh, and I just, I, I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> sure. Sure. And from my understanding, you guys 
we have this open gym model, you said right around a hundred people with definitely some room to grow, but that's not the only service. We have some personal training available as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. And all of our personal trainers, uh, are also competitive athletes. Um, one thing that we really wanted to do is make sure that we had a small elite group of personal trainers rather than, you know, the guy who just got out of school, uh, doesn't really know what he's doing or what he wants to do yet. Uh, so all, all of our personal trainers, which right now is only three of them, uh, are competitive athletes, have won various competitions uh, in, in both bodybuilding and powerlifting. And, uh, again, small elite group of personal trainers. Gotcha. And so more quality over quantity, right? It's easy in this especially in fitness, it's easy to put out this great sounding offer, 1099 contracts, let trainers come and do their own thing, but it can really, really dilute a product if you just bring in all kinds of people. I like that you guys are focusing more on let's offer the best of the best, right? What is, what is pricing for that look like? What, I'm sure that there's some variation as well, but how do you guys typically set that up? So, while we also discussed that um, for elite personal trainers, I also wanted to stay within that 1099, uh, you know, come in, do your own thing and pay rent. Mm-hmm. So they each have their own various prices, but um, they, they keep their prices really competitive. I believe we have one who's charging around $45 a session and one who's charging around $35 a session. Yep. Uh, which, I mean, I don't know a lot of places that'll beat that outside of a planet fitness. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And and so, I mean, all of this, this is said with the idea of growth, right? You and I talked about 250 to 300 currently, but we've got an additional 10,000 square feet. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about what marketing is for you guys. How are you getting the word out about Arbel culture to bring in new eyeballs and new members? If we're going to keep this podcast honest and raw, um, I would say marketing is easily uh, our worst. Okay. <laughs> we're, a bunch of, we're a bunch of gym guys who, who, uh, who went into this with really no marketing background whatsoever. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of prospective gym owners need to understand is that that's, it's a big part of things. Uh, so for now, it's, it's been a lot of word of mouth. Um, you know, being this tight knit community, uh, we have really, really uh, gained memberships through word of mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. because everybody loves <laughs> loves it when they do come yeah. here. They yeah. love the community. They love the vibes here. They um, they they when they come, they they bring their friends. Uh, as far as marketing goes, I have been stepping into a little bit more of the social media realm and okay. Uh, even boosting some posts and doing a little bit of Facebook ads. But for the most part, it's been word of mouth. Yeah. I think what you said is incredibly important for us to address. And the vast majority of people that own gyms do so because they were good trainers or because they were good coaches. And then really quickly find out that the skill set of a good business owner and the skill set of a good coach are different things. It's just a different job. And, and a lot of us are people that just like working out, right? We didn't, we didn't go to school for marketing. You went to school for physical therapy, right? They probably didn't have 
a paid digital marketing course in your curriculum, I would assume. So I think a lot of people that listen to this are probably in the same boat and will really resonate with that. Yeah. Um, but you, you mentioned that you have at least gone out on a limb and, and begun to sort of explore these things. How has your experience been with putting money behind Facebook or behind different posts? So far, so good. Um, I actually, it, it's it's great that we we're doing this podcast now because I started this about four to five days ago, of yes. adding into Facebook ads and and kind of bringing that. Um, and I think daily, I'm probably spending about 10, 15 bucks on these Facebook ads, and they're bringing me about four to five leads every single day. Okay. Which, as long as you sign one of those up, I mean, it's, 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 it's paying well, for itself, right? Well worth it. Well worth yeah. it. So it's something okay. that I'd into if I was, uh, if I was a new gym owner, uh, personally, I, I haven't been on Facebook since high school. If you look at my Facebook, my personal, <laughs> it's been a little while. Yeah. It, it's my high school graduation post. So I was very anti, you know, anti Facebook, not really dealing with that or messing with that. Um, but it's, it's definitely something to look into, uh, right. for, uh, owners. Yeah. It's funny that we, we so often hear people shying away from doing it for whatever reason, typically they don't know how they're scared. Of course, budget yeah. is tight X, Y, and Z. And we hear a lot that like, Oh, we don't want to do it. Cause we want to make sure we're bringing in the right people, but there's, there's nothing in the world that says you need to sign up all of these people for memberships. If they come into your facility and it's not a good fit, you can say no. Right. And it's for you guys keeping your membership within 250 to 300. You could easily fill that this year. Are they going to be people that fit into your culture and the type of customer that you want? Maybe, maybe not. And so we're growing at a little bit more consistent, manageable pace. Absolutely. What is, what does that sales process look like for you guys? Somebody opts in or says that they're interested, whether it's they saw a Facebook post, their friend said to come and join, they walked in off the street, however they got there, what does the sales experience typically look like from the customer's perspective? So there's two things that really help us kind of close on a new membership once somebody seems interested. Uh, those two things are, one is, is the actual facility itself. You walk into that place and it is nothing but brand new rogue equipment um calibrated plates combo racks squat racks all new cardio equipment um deadlift platforms are brand new and custom made um captain america plates all over the equipment <laughs> oh, i don't know i don't know if you necessary seen definitely but uh it's just it's the, the equipment speaks for itself yeah uh, and then secondly the gym manager uh our gym manager, his name is Casimir Hughes. He goes by Cash. Uh, probably the most charismatic man I know. Um, he's also a national champion powerlifter. Uh, if you look up his Instagram, you'll see a 165-pound guy that lifting over 700 pounds. Um, and he, when he does his tours, and people kind of talk to him and get an idea of like what he's about, what the gym is about. Uh, I'd say about 90% of the people that come in for a tour sign up for a membership, which I don't know if uh, the listeners like go through all the stats as far as um, 
what you should be looking at as far as sure. percent people who are signing up based on when they come in for a tour but on average you're at like 50 60 percent for a gym yep if you can get above that i mean you're golden so oh, yeah. around 90 percent is is it's it's a very pleasant thing for us yeah and all things held constant if we can close at a greater percentage the business is going to do better inevitably that's just logic yeah. and so if, if we're to take a step back right you know in the ultimate marketing and sales funnel lead gen way up at the top our sales process and our closing percentage in the middle and then down at the bottom is retention for you guys where do you think that you have the biggest area of opportunity uh well, retention wise we we are maintaining pretty much every member that we we sign sure. up we're yeah. doing uh, cancellations which it's funny since uh you think about it, so many gyms make it so difficult to cancel. We don't make it difficult to cancel and we just and don't people have- are sticking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there, I really think there is something about that. Uh, so new gym members do not make it difficult to cancel. Um, as far as getting new members, I think that's, that's kind of our weakest point right now, or I guess yep. area for growth. Uh, like once we get them in the gym, we'll sign them up. But when you suck at marketing, getting them in the gym is the toughest part. Uh, I think so. it's, it's important. It's kind of like AA, right? You don't, in, unless you are willing to admit to the issue, you can't do anything about it. You guys are, I, you've been very upfront with marketing being a weak point for you, but it even sounds like you're trying to experiment. You're trying to figure out what's going to work. You're trying to figure out what that go-to strategy or strategies is going to be as you guys move forward, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, you can point out it as being your weakness all you want, but if you're not doing something to right. fix. And so paint us a, a word picture of the future for you guys. Obviously all of this has been with the intention of building this business, but what's the, what's the big vision that you guys are striving towards? Uh, well, our main goal was becoming the premier location for powerlifting, not only in Cleveland, Ohio, but in the Midwest in general. Um, we are starting to gain a lot of attention uh, in that realm. Uh, we have three upcoming USPA powerlifting competitions, all national qualifiers for uh, either drug tested or untested nationals. Um, and we are filling up these competitions with no issue whatsoever. And that's, it's great news. They're, they're ran by uh, a man named Chico. He's a meat director for the USPA, very popular guy who puts on hell of a meat. Um, and we even built up this giant stage in the middle of our gym because everybody knows like that is the goal for us to be yeah. deep your place for competitive powerlifting in the Midwest. Um, so that's a big part of our goal. Um, then other than that, it's just continuing to grow. We have all these projects lined up, uh, a rehab suite that I want to add into the gym. That's going to have like a sauna, compression gear, a bunch of other stuff in there. Um, I want to start adding all these other amenities that a typical powerlifting warehouse gym would never, you would never find a one. You would find right. it in a fitness or whatever, uh, yeah. that you'd see. I want to add that stuff to go along with the grungy powerlifting warehouse gym. Yeah, 
our, our industry is so interesting because you'll get people who are willing to spend 45, 50, 60 bucks a month on their fitness, but mm-hmm. then willing to drop 500, 600, $700 a month on things like massage, things like PT, things like chiropractors, things like even like nutrition help, man. Like we can layer all of these other services. And the reality is people are going to go find it somewhere. We yeah. may as well keep it in house and collect some revenue on it and know that they're getting a trusted source for these things as well. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that you are sort of forward thinking and going against the mold of this typical powerlifting culture, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, it's important right now because, you know, things are changing and if you're not, um, going along with that sort of thing and trying to adapt, I feel like you're not going to do well with just selling memberships. Yep. You're just not. Um, one thing that I did before I started this gym, um, when I took over the spot, it was just an empty warehouse. I actually built out four office spaces. One, obviously, for my physical therapy clinic. Yep. And now there are three additional available ones. Uh, one of them is being filled by a massage therapist uh, March 1st. I'm looking for a chiropractor to take on one of them. And then I have one more office that could be used for uh, a few different things. Uh, One of them, a nutritionist was an idea that we had, Um, or honestly, I'm thinking of just using it for any small Cleveland based new business that wants to grow with us. Yep. Even have fitness related entirely. Um, It's more of a launching pad than anything, right? Absolutely. Here's a community of people striving to improve and invest in themselves. Any sort of tangible business that makes sense with that model, let's do yeah. it. You know what I mean? From a business standpoint, you know, if you're charging them rents for these offices, you know, you're making your rent back just from these offices. So if you oh. have an opportunity to build something like this up, why would you avoid it and just strictly go for this whole membership? Um, membership sales only type business plan. It just, there's so many things that there's so many other options. Like, yeah. Fitness is interesting because you can go as many different routes and in business ownership in, in general, you can, I mean, you did it so you could make the rules. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what this, this barbell culture business looks like here as things evolve going forward. Gee, we could certainly talk about this all day, but as we approach the end of our time on this interview, why don't you tell people where they could find out a little bit more about Barbell Culture? Is there a website? Is there social media? Yeah, I think the best place to go is our Instagram page, uh, barbellculture.216. Um, and then our website, barbellculturecle.com. Um, we have some like cool videos on there, a bunch of information about the gym. Uh, the best thing you can do Obviously, if you're in the area, is just check us out. The community there is is something else. I, I know a lot of gyms probably say like, "Oh, we have the best community, this and this," but you have a bunch of people who are best friends with each other. You don't really wear headphones while you're there because everybody's everybody's cool with each other. Everybody's talking to each other. Um, it's it's a really cool place to be. So check us out. Uh, you'll love what you see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I, I definitely appreciate your time and I really enjoy the chance to, to get into people's minds and see how their thoughts are. And when it comes to running a business, like we said, there's so many different ways to go about it. And so I appreciate your contribution here, man. We'll have to check in with you down the road and see how things go for you. For sure. For sure. Thanks for having me.
Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.